Hey, Cinefans, and welcome back to another episode of the Cinema Slayers podcast. We are going to do a little series for you guys, not all consecutively, but we will be doing a series of what we are calling Reboot Reboot Theater. The premise is kind of based around uh, a podcast I had for about three episodes about five years ago. But essentially what we're going to do is we're going to take a bad movie and one of us is tasked with fixing it and the rest of us will be giving suggestions throughout it. And at the end, we will determine definitively if that person did their job and fixed the movie. We are starting this off with the person that suggested we do this as a series with Justin, who is going to be tackling the one and only Batman versus Superman. Justin, fix this movie. All right. So before I go into my fixes for Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice, I think it's important to just kind of lay some foundation and talk a little bit about why I chose this film. So first of all, um, Batman versus Superman is a continuation of what was um, the DC uh, universe that was started with Man of Steel. This movie came out I believe March of 2016. Yes, March of 2016. Um, this movie came out, and I mean, did reasonably well at the box office. It did about 873 million dollars at the box office, which for these movies they were expecting. The expectation was a billion dollars, so it is a financial disappointment in that. Um, DC didn't quite hit their goals with this film, especially having Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman, which are your three staple characters in one movie. So that's a bit of a disappointment. But overall, $800 million, I mean, I'm pretty sure they'll take that. Uh, but uh, the reason why I chose this film is because Batman and Superman are two characters that I that really are favorites of mine. I respect both of these characters. I read both of these characters uh, growing up um, in comic books. I watched many of their cartoons. I used to love Superman. I was, when growing up, I was a Superman fanatic. When I was a little kid, I had to have the toy. And if his cape got messed up, I had to have another one. If anything, if any of the paint came off on the little curl that he had on his head, because at that time, the toys were kind of based on Christopher Reeve uh, Superman. I had to have it. So that's just a character that I've always loved. And even though I kind of kind of distance myself from him, I don't read him as much anymore. He's not my most interesting character as far as uh, characters that I gravitated to growing up. But I've always respected the character. And and I mean, what can I say that hasn't already been said about Batman? Batman is one of the ultimate badasses of comic books, probably one of the greatest comic book characters ever created. And, and of course, Superman would be in that same company, of course, but Batman is the freaking man. So when this movie came out and was and was released, I was very, very excited about this movie. And, and the movie predicates itself on this big fight between Batman and Superman, which doesn't happen for quite some time in the movie. So that was one big problem that I had just watching this movie early on. Uh, the reason, some of the reasons why these characters fought is something that I will go into later of how it could be fixed. But basically in this film, 
Superman, in his battle with Zod, destroyed the city of Metropolis. So, and this movie takes place about two years after Man of Steel when Superman had that big battle with Zod. So, of course, people are feeling angry and starting to question Superman's motives, starting to question, does the world need a Superman? And there's this existential kind of message about gods and the intents of gods versus men, and do we need them making all the decisions, or should he be governed? Yet there's a, there's kind of this moral, political conversation going on with Superman. And on the flip side of that, it so happens that in this film, we find out that Bruce Wayne was actually in Metropolis at that time. So he witnessed this destruction that Zod and Superman did to Metropolis. So Bruce, Batman, thinks that Superman is dangerous and probably is a threat and somebody that needs to be stopped. He just doesn't trust this Superman guy. And of course, you have Lex Luthor, who is played by Jesse Eisenberg, who launches his own kind of crusade to end Superman for his own selfish reasons, because Superman, and in this film, uh, the the message I got is that from Lex Luthor is that Superman kind of reminded him of his abused father. He reminded him uh, of, I'm sorry, a father that was abusive to him. He, Superman reminded him of somebody who would have too much power and Lex wanted to do something about that. And then we find out later that Lex in so many ways was kind of being manipulated by dark side or higher forces and things like that, which is something we kind of find out at the end. So that's kind of just a little brief synopsis of the movie. Overall, Batman and Superman fight, and you probably know where this is going. They're superheroes. They they ultimately fight each other. But of course, um, someone is the voice of reason. In this case, it was Lois Lane. And of course, two heroes that don't see eye to eye figure out that they need to team up with each other. And it all ends with this super epic CGI battle with Doomsday and Batman, Superman and Wonder Woman um, team up and they beat um, Doomsday in the process. However, Superman dies in order to do this. So... At the end of this movie, there's a funeral for Superman and Batman and Wonder Woman have this conversation about we need to get other heroes like us and we need to get with these other metahumans or superheroes that were introduced in this film and start the Justice League. Hence the name Dawn of Justice. Did I leave out anything as far as the synopsis? Anything important? Um, you, put, you put in a few things that weren't necessary. Um, an epic fight was um said i believe and that that C- it was very cgi <laughs> but there was nothing epic about that fucking fight um yeah. <laughs> and um you you forgot uh just one thing is that batman is also currently researching other superheroes too at this time no okay. no that's lex that's lex well lex well is- well he he's researching superheroes and batman gets a hold of that information which makes yes, him curious. Which but, makes him curious. But, also, but that also leads into the fact that while Lex is researching other superheroes or metahumans, as they're typically called uh, with stuff, um, he is also designing their logos for them. Yeah, he designed the logos already. Yes. 
That's a very important plot point. Fuck what anybody says. It's very important to the story to know that Lex Luthor, defi- uh, you know, designed the logos for Wonder Woman, The Flash, and Aquaman. <laughs> yes, and they, sure ad- did. and they adopted those logos. They adopted them. Yes, yes this was all oh, Lex's idea. So you know, um, before they before they had <laughs> costumes or nicknames or any of that shit, or before people even knew who the fuck they were at all, or what their true power set was. I mean. Anything. The, well, the whole Aquaman and Flash one's fine, but that's pretty. That's pretty. I, yeah, yeah. It's a generic. It's like, oh, this guy's really fast, a lightning bolt. Oh, this guy's underwater, Aqua fuck, and an A, an A, an A, and then. But what I loved is Wonder Woman. The fact that he just went, man, what a wonderful woman. That's it. WW, son of a bitch, <laughs> I've done it again. Or the way Jesse Eisenberg's <laughs> interpretation of Lex Luthor, son of a bitch, I've, I've done it again. <laughs> oh, my God. And we're... <laughs> oh, go when somebody goes, well, wait a second. We can't just put two W's next to each other. And then Lex Luthor goes, stack them on top of each other. And there you go. You had Wonder stack Woman. Them. Stack them dubs. Okay. Well, thanks for adding those things that I left out. And yes, that was a very important plot point about Lex Luthor also researching these other metahumans as they were called in this movie so let's go into some of the corrections that i had in mind for this movie batman versus superman dawn of justice okay first of all this film opens with us seeing batman's origin yet again for the umpteenth time so we see uh bruce wayne with his parents of course the parents get shot And there's some imagery of um, Bruce falling through this pit. And there are like all these kind of weird visions kind of to set up the origin story of Batman. He tried to just quickly tell that at the beginning of the film. And I honestly don't know about you guys, but I think at this point, I I just think that we don't need to introduce Batman anymore. Now, I understand that this was the DCEU, and I understand that Ben Affleck, we've got a new actor playing Batman, but I just think we know this story already, and I don't think it would have added anything. I don't think it added anything as far as Batman's motivations in this movie, especially when it comes to Superman, except for the name of his mom, which we'll go over later. My God. But that's what it seemed like this (laughs) But that's what it seemed like the purpose of this beginning served was just so we could hear the name Martha because it comes into play later. At this point, guys, and this is just something I want to ask before I go into the change of it. But do we need to see Batman's origin anymore in these movies? Or do you think maybe we could have done something better there at the beginning? Well, I don't know what you're talking about, Justin, because I personally forget Every, between every single Batman movie, what happened to his parents and inspired him to be Batman. <laughs> I, I just, every time when it ends, once those credits hit, I forget. And then I, I'm so glad that they decided to remind me again, you know, <laughs> what happened to the parents? Cause otherwise I would have just been lost. I'd have been like, wait, why did this guy decide to dress up as a bat and fight crime? I've got no way of knowing <laughs> until Zack Snyder told me again. And I was like, oh, it's- thanks Zack. And I, I mean, I had forgotten again until you you brought it up. I was like, shit, his parents die? Damn, that's a very big plot point. I'm, I mean, yeah. I, I hope they address it. Yeah, he's a blood orphan, fool. 
a blood orphan. Um, um, Sarcasm aside, the problem with showing the origin story over and over for Batman is just like you said, it's an obvious, um, it's an obvious excuse for you to try to connect a plot point later on in the movie. That's a very weak resolution um, for the entire, for the entire premise of the film. And I know you're going to get to this. It's just such a weak way to, to resolve this conflict. And, and you're right. They just did that so they could have, you know, um, old Daddy Wayne go all Darth Vader in episode three. And instead of going, no, going, Martha. I mean, it, it was just for that. So when it comes to well-established superheroes, you really do not need to do an origin story because everybody knows where they're coming from. I honestly think that um, a better uh, thing they could have done with this was actually shown Superman doing like tons of good shit, like just saving the planet, you know, helping people out. You know, he's kind of like on an apology tour. And, you know, at first it's like you're really there. And then it fades out a bit and it's like on a TV screen and then like it's pans out a little bit more and then it's on a bunch of TV screens and then it pans out more and it's Bruce Wayne watching all this Superman heroism going down uh, ah. and he's studying it. I think that would have been a really great way to open that film. That's an, that's actually quite awesome. That might be better than yeah, what I had, but that's actually really well, cool. But but hear me out on this. I mean, but, just before I, I, I want to oh, ask ahead, a question. Sterling. I just want to ask a question about Devin's uh, scenario, though. But if you did that, how would you know why he became Batman? That's the problem, man. I wouldn't. Here's the thing: Who are we talking about again? Who is Batman? Who is that? Is it is it Bryce uh, Williamson? What's his name? Uh, He's not think, very important, so it doesn't matter. Bodudash. Uh, I mean, I'm just saying, if if you did that, you know, I mean, it sounds nice in theory, but the problem is, is I just, I don't, I won't know anything if I don't see how he became Batman again. That's the, I mean, oh, I, I, I just really feel like you're asking a lot because <laughs> I mean, as soon as, as soon as Justin starts talking again, I'm going to forget why he became Batman. So I'm hoping you guys remind me again before we start talking. We got you. Okay. At the 40-minute mark, I'm going to randomly just say, I'm just going to stop whatever I'm saying or anybody saying and go, wait a minute. I interrupt this so I can remind Sterling that Batman is a blood orphan. His parents were killed in front of him. I mean, I don't feel like that's too much to ask. I feel feel like that's very in character for for this this rodent man. Perfect. But to Devin's point, and that's actually a great segue. So here is, to me, the biggest fundamental problem with this film. And man, you guys can throw some input in here after I'm done. But I just think that the, the biggest problem with showing his origin story so we can get the word Martha so it can come into play later. The problem is, is that both of these characters need they need more personal reasons for fighting each other. Like, I think that that is the biggest, biggest, biggest flaw of this movie is that the reasons why these characters are fighting each other is just it's nothing that an audience can connect to. It's nothing. It's just there's not enough personal reasons. So how about this for a beginning? 
Zack Snyder put an Easter egg in this movie later on when Batman's walking around in his cave and he looks up and there's Robin's suit. And obviously he's been killed and spray painted on the suit was like this Joker message. Ha ha. The joke is on you or the last laugh was on you. Something like that. I forget exactly what the verbiage was, but does everybody remember that Easter egg? So clearly, yes. okay. So clearly in this universe, um, Robin is already dead. And this is why we kind of have this cynical brooding Batman, because in this story, he's been doing Batman for 20 years. I don't think I would have had him be Batman that long, but okay, this is a 20 year veteran Batman and he's already lost Robin. But how is this for an opening? How cool would it have been for an opening scene if we saw something that had to do with that? Like something where the building is blown up and there's rubble and you hear this Joker laugh and then you see Batman and he's looking at something. He's horrified by the sight of something and we don't quite know what it is. And then maybe it cuts and then Batman is holding Robin. Like the 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 popular uh comic book, uh Death in the Family, is that what I'm thinking of? Where he's yes. holding Robin in the rubble. Imagine if the film imagine sorry, kind of I lost my mic for a second there. But imagine if the film starts like that. We give Batman, we give an a more emotional reason, a tragic reason. For why Batman has become kind of this cynical kind of character. So instead of the origin story of why he's Batman, how about the origin story of why he's so mean, why he's so cynical in this movie? I just think something like that would have served a better emotional purpose. Even if it wasn't at the beginning, I think that needed to be somewhere. We needed to see some reason for why Batman is the way that he is or you know what i mean i think we needed a reason to understand why this batman is so cynical why he's killing people why he's kind of got this edge to him why he's marking people with the batman mark and sending them to jail or when they go to jail and then these people are being killed because they've got the mark of the bat like i think batman needed a more emotional reason for us to understand why he is the way he is. What do you guys think about that? Okay. One, I love that idea, but can I throw one thing on there? So in the DCEU, uh, Metropolis and Gotham are almost like sister cities. They're like really close to each other, right? So yes, what? Yes. Yes. They're just separated by the Gotham Bay. Uh, I think is what they call it. By the Gotham Bay, I think. So what if just bear with me on this. Um, the battle between Zod and Superman actually prevented Batman from getting to um, uh, Jason Todd before uh, Joker could kill him. Well, if he's like on the uh, way and that battle erupts and it stops him, they like take a bridge out or something like that. And mm-hmm. you don't know that. You don't know that with the, you know, you don't know that. You just see the rubble. You just see Robin dead. You know, Joker's laughing off or whatever, being carted off to Arkham or whatever you going to have it. And then it's revealed at the end that the reason why Batman has such an erection for Superman is because that fight with Zod 
disrupted the road so much Batman could not get there in time to save Jason Todd. Dude, hmm. that's that that's really good. I'll tell you where I was going with mine. I, I don't know. That might be a better idea than what I had. Because, but just to just kind of explain where I was going with it really quickly, but I do really, really, really like that. But where I was going with it is that like, okay, Batman and Superman obviously need this conflict. So I was thinking, okay, the reason why Batman is this way, why he's killing, I think that if, since Zack Snyder kind of didn't mind Batman killing in this movie, I was thinking, okay, why don't you just double down on that? Why don't we just double down on that? And Batman has kind of lost his way. This is a Batman that has lost his way. Robin died because maybe, and he feel, and he blames himself for that because he let the Joker live and this is what happened. He lost Robin. So now we have a Batman who, for, for lack of a better term, is not really giving a fuck about criminals. Now he's punishing everybody. He's breaking them. You know, he's he doesn't care anymore because of what happened to uh Jason. What happened to Jason Todd? Right. Is that the right one that got killed? Yes. Or was it? No. Yeah. Because Timothy Drake came later. OK, Jason Todd. So because of that. Yes. Jason Todd. Yeah. So we we saw that we see this in my beginning of, of this movie. So we see that. And that's kind of why Batman is on this tirade. On the flip side of that, Superman is regretting what he did to Zod. Because the way Zack Snyder did this was that in Man of Steel, he broke Zod's neck, right, at the end of that fight. He had to kill him because if it was either him or Lois and he had to do what he had to do or innocent people were going to die. So I thought maybe the conflict could be is Superman is really trying to not ever do that again. He regrets that. He shouldn't have killed Zod. So he doesn't want to kill anybody anymore. He's like, I'm not going to do it anymore. So I think right there, if the conflict was about that, if they disagreed, because ultimately Batman and Superman disagree on their methods, right? So what if you had a Superman who was like, I'm not about that life. I will never, ever do that again. And on the flip side of that, you have a Batman that's like, fuck it, man. I let, I let. Because I let these people live, they killed somebody close to me. And there's your kind of conflict over the methods that both of these guys use. I feel like something like that would have been a little more personal in a movie like this. Well, that actually kind of reminds me of the storyline of Injustice. Like, because it's, you know, the Joker tricks Superman into essentially killing Lois Lane, his baby, and blowing up Metropolis with a nuclear bomb. And that pushes Superman over the edge, and he kills the Joker. He's like, why are we, why do we let these people live? Like, fuck this noise. Like, he's like, he's like, this is what happens when you let these people live. Like, they keep being fuckheads. And so, he goes off the deep end, and Batman's like, no, you still can't do that, no matter what type of shit. I just, I think it's funny. I like that you're doing the same thing, almost, but you're, you're still flipping it, though. Like, Batman's the one saying, fuck putting these people in jail. Let's just kill these fuckers. And Superman's like, no, we have to, you know, he's going the Boy Scout route. Exactly, right? Yeah. I have a question for your question, Jason. Who is the big bad who is going to cause this split? Because, I mean, this is going to come from some average, ordinary, low-level street thug. So who's the big bad that's going to cause them to hit this collision course? Okay. So getting there. So, okay. 
But to me, like as Sterling said, and I didn't even realize, maybe that's what inspired that idea. And I just wasn't thinking about it. But yeah, the injustice storyline, yes, that basically is what I'm doing. I'm kind of reflipping those roles. And I think that's cool, though, because to me, if Batman were to do this went because he lost Robin, that would kind of explain why Batman is doing this. And even though, yes, some people could argue, well, that's uncharacteristic of Batman, but that's a very human reason for why he's doing this. The guy is still a human being, and he has killed before in the comics, but I think that would have given him, us, at least a very human reason for why Batman is doing what he's doing. And then on the flip side of that, you kind of have Superman doing that. Okay, let's talk about the bad guy. Well, so, oh, go ahead. I have a question. I just have a yeah. question that's on topic with what you were saying. Yeah. Like, I know you said that that's a very human thing to do, like in reference to like Batman going that way. But isn't the slogan for Batman more than meets the eye? Because he's a machine that transforms into into a car. <laughs> no, no, see. No, no, Sterling. Remember, is, he is a, a blood, blood orphan. orphan. <laughs> His parents. <laughs> In an alley after oh, a show. Yes. Sorry. Sorry. No, got confused. Got it. That's 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 Transformers. <laughs> got it. They're machines, not humans. Okay. Thank you. So right. here's my bad please, guy. Please continue. <laughs> All right. So here's my bad guy, guys. Okay. Lex Luthor's plan. Okay. Well, let's okay. Let's talk about Lex Luthor first. I hated this Lex Luthor. I hate this loony Preach. kind of jokerish <laughs> kind of cliche i'm crazy like a fox smart but weird quirky lex luthor to me if you're going to do a movie like this where you're manipulating two of your top heroes you need the cold calculating unrelenting smart five six steps ahead of you Lex Luthor. Can everybody agree on that? Yes, 100%. Yay! Okay. Actually, no, I, dis I do disagree with that. <laughs> you do? I no, you. I really do. I really do. I, I, I like the idea of this Lex Luthor that they presented in the movie. I really do, because I do feel like that is a modern version of that character. Um, I don't like the story they wrapped around him, and like, some of those aspects of like, oh, he was doing this. He's obsessed with, you know, creating Doomsday, like that tie into him being this way because of the influence from Acropolis and all this other stuff. I did not like that part of it, but I actually do like that characterization of Lex Luthor because I really do feel like that's what a modern one would look like. You know, that that quirky tech genius type of mentality and, and persona that like for whatever reason they all end up having and acting like that shit. It's that type of thing. And I just feel like if we were going to have a Lex Luthor today or something like that, that's the type of person he would be, would be that type of thing. So no, yeah, I, I did like that Lex Luthor. Okay. Okay. I can respect that, but I'm fixing this today. I picked this movie. So let's <laughs> just, so just entertain me for a second. I'm not saying your opinion is shit. I do respect actually what you said. That does make sense in the sense that this would be a more nuanced Lex Luthor with today's times. But hear me out for a second. Let's just say we got the cold calculating. I'm eight steps ahead of you, Lex Luthor. Rather than all of this stuff about gods and uh, the purpose of a man and God and Superman and stuff like that, what about something just more practical? 
how about just a paranoid Lex Luthor that is sick of Superman? How about Superman has stopped a lot of his, some underground, um, some of his criminal operations underground? Maybe Lex Luthor's name is not quite on it, but he is running these operations and Superman hasn't figured that out yet. But what if you just had a paranoid Lex Luthor that thinks, man, he's already stopped this. He already stopped that. And he's doing all of these things. And it's only a matter of time before all of it, before some of these things lead back to me. I have to stop him. Why couldn't that have been the motive for Lex Luthor rather than all of this existential God, man, got to stop him because I'm a man and he's a God stuff. Why not just make him a little more practical? Yeah, that makes sense. Well, well, I'll say this, and that's because that whole God v. Man thing is a part of the Lex Luthor character. I mean, the whole, there's, there's, there's like huge comic story arcs and characterizations of him always wanting to like beat Superman because like to Lex, he feels like he's, you know, the best thing about Earth. Like he is the pinnacle of mankind. And yet you still have someone like Superman here that's better type of situation. And that, you know, it becomes that challenge of if I really am going to be the best person of all time, I have to beat Superman. I have to surpass him. I have to get past this this alien that has come and just essentially could like, you know, assert his will over mankind. That's completely not out of the characterization of him. I mean, fuck, the original version of Lex Luthor, the reason why he wanted to get revenge on Superman is because he was a mad scientist and he was doing lab experiments and his uh, lab caught on fire or there was like a poison gas cloud or something created in it. I don't remember. But anyway, um, Superman came and saved him and like used his like super breath or something, some shit. And anyway, it ended up causing Lex Luthor to lose his hair. And that became the ultimate guiding force behind Lex Luthor wanting to beat Superman was the fact that Superman made him bald. So it's not wow. that weird. Yeah, and, and, don't, and, and a lot of people, the contemporary interpretation of Lex Luthor is very serious, very calculating, very dapper and debonair. However, I mean, he's done some zany shit. Like he stole like 80 cakes or something like that in one comic. Uh, like, I mean, so uh, <laughs> I'm serious. That's look it up. But um, anyway, um, and to what Sterling is saying is, yes, that is so true. And thank you for bringing that up, that the man versus God complex with Lex Luthor is something that's always talked about in the comics and in the TV shows and things like that. But the, the, the biggest fallacy and the biggest incongruency with that is Lex Luthor, to me, seemed to be a God. If you watch the film, he knew that Batman was Bruce Wayne. He knew that Superman was Clark Kent. You know, when they meet in that, I don't know, that fundraiser or whatever it was at his house, he was like, um, Clark Kent and Bruce Wayne, two forces coming together or whatever he said in that moment. And there's just a lot of other things that he did that are just sure up some Dr. Manhattan living in the past, present and future shit um, that just really made him the god of this story instead of Superman being the god of this story. Uh, and so that's where I think it really fell off also. But I do agree with you. Yeah. Jack. And that's, oh, it should be the contemporary Lex Luthor who was calm and cool and collected, much like the one off of Smallville, the best Lex. Oh, cool. Yeah. And like, and like, and this is all I want to say on it. You can have that 
man versus God stuff, but he was way too prophetic and and philosophical and existential with it. I think it could have been something like, how come this couldn't have been a Lex that, that had momentum in the city? Like maybe this was a Lex that was getting things together. He had had this plan to become president. You can throw that in there because we know that Lex does become president in the comics. And let's just say he just kind of had it all together. But then Superman's presence in Metropolis just started to put a hamper on things. His political influence wasn't what it was because everybody's talking about Superman. His underground crime and everything that he's got going on to build his income so that he can make this what he plans on being this triumphant presidential run. And he thinks that he's just the greatest thing since sliced bread. But he's paranoid right now because Superman's presence in Metropolis has really just kind of halted his plans. Nobody's really talking about him as much. Nobody's really concerned with him as much. So to me, this would give this character justification for being obsessed with Superman without all of the vague philosophical stuff. How about just some more practical things that an audience member can understand? Yeah, you could go, he could go into some God versus man monologue when he thinks he's got Superman on the ropes. But I think that what you needed was, I needed to see him paranoid. I needed to understand why he thought Superman was a threat. So if we saw some of those things come into play, and we know he's a criminal, but why couldn't he have just been a criminal that hadn't been caught yet, but he's concerned that he will be? Because, I mean, if Superman suddenly had a presence in Metropolis, I mean, wouldn't that just naturally be something that a criminal would think? And so what I was going with this is, so he's obsessed with Superman. And I'm going to keep Zack Snyder's whole thing about him being manipulated by Darkseid from afar and stuff like that. We can use that. And this is how I think all of this could tie together with Lex Luthor. So, you know, we take a break from Batman and Superman and explaining them and Batman sat over Robin. You got Superman over here. I don't want to kill again. I'll never do that again. Okay. When it's time to develop Lex Luthor, we, we see that he is paranoid. He's got all this momentum in the city, like I said. He's got plans to be president. He was basically the talk of Metropolis. But ever since Superman's presence, everything has been going awry. Maybe he's talking to somebody who he does these underground dealings with and stuff like that. And they're like, man, I don't think that we can do this anymore. With Superman cracking down on everything in Metropolis, man, how could we ever escape him? How could we ever get away with him? It's only a matter of time, Lex. He's going to come for us. So it gets him all paranoid about Superman. And he's obsessed with Superman. Maybe we see a room with him and he's got newspapers up about Superman. He's got video stuff that he's looking at um, with Superman doing all of this stuff. And he's got videos of the spaceships and stuff like that. And He's trying to get those spaceships, which in the movie, in this movie, he eventually does procure those spaceships and everything to start doing research. But I feel like this Luther needs to be obsessed with Superman for more practical reasons other than, 
oh, I want to be a god and this sort of prophetic philosophical, I think he should have just been paranoid about him and been borderline obsessed with him, trying to figure out how can I beat this guy? How can I beat this Superman? So we see, so long story short, we see that he's obsessed, but let's just say he procures that ship and he starts having these dreams. Like first, um, Darkseid shows himself to him through these dreams and these images. And I think rather than having Batman have all these nightmares, I think maybe that would have better served him because he was the one being manipulated, right? By these um, supernatural beings from elsewhere. So what if he starts having these dreams and he starts sleepwalking, right? And he, and, and he winds up and every time he wakes up, he's in front of that ship. He's in front of that Kryptonian ship. And he just can't quite figure out why he keeps being led there. And it's obvious that he's got this obsession with Superman and he keeps leading him to this ship. So, and he doesn't understand why, but what for whatever reason, these visions, these dreams, they keep leading him to this ship. All right, this is where I introduce my bad guy for this. So Doomsday, I thought was a terrible idea in this movie. If Lex Luthor's plan was to frame Superman, then why not use a villain in DC lore that actually looks like Superman? And this is where Bizarro comes into the conversation. So when you look at Bizarro, what is he basically? Basically, he's an undead looking version of Superman, right? He's kind of this offbeat, not quite there in the his right mind, like version of Superman. And when you look at Bizarro's origin story, it's actually quite interesting because in some versions, he simply was a clone created by Zod. Zod, as kind of a contingency plan, had kind of created these clones of himself. And if I'm not mistaken, Bizarro is kind of one of those clones that went awry. I forgot how he went crazy or why he wasn't there is different versions of Bizarro, but the 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 most current version of Bizarro is he's from Bizarro, um, which is just a planet where everything is like the exact opposite of um, of Earth, or just like the entire universe essentially. There's like Bizarro versions of all the superheroes type of thing. It might not be called Bizarro, I don't remember, but it, he's from a planet or or another dimension or something like that. He's he's from a world essentially where it's everything's backwards type of situation like he thinks he's superman because in his world he is superman so it's that type of situation but it's yeah it's just everything is like our world but it's like him it's all off you know up is down down is up everything's like the opposite of what it should be um now as far as the original origins of him go i don't remember and whether or not there is the version of him you're talking about that very well could be I mean, these characters have had reboots and reboots and there have been graphic novels and alternate storylines and all kinds of shit. I just know right now, or at least one of the major ones has always been that because there is a bizarro Batman, a bizarro Wonder Woman. There's bizarro lots of people. Cool. And to kind of make it more plain, I should have said pre-crisis. Check out this origin story. I'll just read a little bit of this about pre-crisis bizarro. General Zod had originally created Bizarro duplicates of himself to dominate the planet Krypton. Bizarros had no power because they were not under a yellow sun, but they were soldiers ready to kill and die without hesitation. 
This was the reason why Zod was banished to the Phantom Zone, blah, 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 for 25 Krypton sun cycles, whatever that means. But just taking that paragraph right there, it wouldn't it have been so easy for Lex to have kept coming to that ship, not understanding why, and he could have easily found Bizarro in a pod in that ship. He could have been in a capsule in that ship. He could have always been there. He could have always been something that maybe even Bizarro was even like an incomplete kind of experiment that Zod was working on, but never got to finish. But either way, if, if there's a version of this character that has association with Zod, then how easy would it have been for Lex to just have found that, for Lex to have been able to find this clone or this mimic and then maybe manipulate him somehow. And there's a hundred different ways you could come up with that. But you take that clone, you dress him up like Superman. He goes around killing people and he's not in his right mind. He's all crazy and shit. So Lex could easily manipulate him. And if he's going around beaming and shooting and killing people, well, then, of course, people are going to think it's Superman. Like, I mean, I feel like that just would help this story a lot. Like he could he could, you know, Lex could stumble his way into this. He could find Bizarro, somehow find a way to wake him up because he's being led by these manipulations and these dreams and he could see these visions and. He could be like, oh, you know, I saw this or uh, this looks familiar. I saw this in one of my visions. I saw this in one of my dreams. And he doesn't know what the hell he's doing in there. But he starts manipulating things on this ship. And the next thing you know, there he gets, you know, there's this clone, this clone that hasn't been used. That was idea one I had. Another idea I had is instead of using Zod's body, and it becoming Doomsday, why couldn't he have found a way to reanimate Zod's body, put Superman clothes on him, and there you have Bizarro. But either way, I feel like there were so many ways to get to Bizarro in this film, and we didn't have to have Doomsday. We could save him later for a Justice League movie and really do the death of Superman right. So long story short, well, uh, okay, go ahead. No, no, I just want to say, like, I would do a simplified version of what you're saying, where you can kind of have it in the movie that he's doing experiments on Zod's body. You know, he learns that kryptonite can cut, you know, Kryptonian skin, all this other stuff okay. by doing the experiments on Zod's body. So he knows what kryptonite can do. And you can say he like stages something to where he can cut Superman with some kryptonite kind of inconspicuously and get some of Superman's DNA. And then have him try to clone Superman. And in doing so, he creates Bizarro, like accidentally, not knowing it's Bizarro. Like it looks like Superman at first. So it's doing all its shit. It's doing all its shit and looks just like Superman, but it's unstable and everything like that because it's him, you know, doing things with Kryptonian DNA. So then ultimately it starts kind of, I don't want to say degrading, but it starts to like split and look weird and all that shit. Yeah. So yeah. it starts to look like Bizarro. And the more it does it, the more he starts losing control over it. And so like ultimately by the end of the movie, he's lost complete control over it. And it is like the Bizarro. It's just running around killing people, just doing all this terrible shit. Dude. Like the exact opposite of Superman. You, you fucking took the words right out of my mouth. 
That is basically what I had. You explained it better than me, but that uh, oh, that would but that was just about what I had. This clone comes out, yeah. but as but as the story progresses, he gets more. Lex loses control more and more and more up until you have Bizarro. And the cool thing about this, though, having Bizarro is that this could have set up a couple of cool action sequences that we didn't get in this movie, but I think we could have got. Because I was thinking as the story progresses, Wonder Woman, you you could have something where, well, hey, well Justin, let's, let's go back. Justin, could I just add yeah. one thing in that? Sure. So um, I actually like um, the resurrection of Zod. I um I liked that in Batman versus Superman. I didn't like that it was Doomsday, but I love your idea of Bizarro. That's fantastic. The only thing, yeah. The only thing that um I would change is that one is Bizarro, and two, he's fragmented. And I would like to say, like, um, I don't know if anybody's seen the second season of Punisher, but kind of like uh Billy is or Jigsaw, because that's who he is. Um, is in Punisher season, season two. So has this fragmented memory when he gets resurrected in the first, he's about to Debo um, Lex Luthor. And then, you know, Lex is... Okay. And, and he has like a... He has a, a lapse. His brain just won't work. And somehow, some way, you know, he... You were talking about how Lex is obsessed with Superman, right? So he resurrects... Zod in that Superman mausoleum or whatever it is, or maybe it's he has TVs or whatever it is. You know what I mean? And so Zod, that's the first mm-hmm. thing he identifies it. He's about to kill Lex Luthor and he looks Perfect. up and sees all that Superman stuff. And he's just trying to process what he's seen. You know what I mean? He's just trying to yeah. understand. And then Lex goes, he's like, who is that? Or something like that. And he's like, um, he killed you. He took your place. And, you know, then he goes, he, he starts to teach him. He's like, yeah, you're supposed to save people and help people. But then the way Zod saves people and the way Zod helps people is way different from Superman. And it would be really cool because like those Batman dreams where Superman is murking everybody, that could be him imagining the shit that Zod was doing. So like Zod goes to the yes. so like Zod so Bizarro now, but Zod goes to the Middle East and like kills a whole bunch of people. And Zod goes and you know there's a bank robbery and he just oh. murders everybody in there and you know depots them. And then that breeds some real good controversy because nobody really knows that it's just the it's the traces of Superman. There's heat vision. People are just broken in half like twigs. And he's doing it so fast. It's just like it has to be Superman. There's nothing else on this planet that could be doing this to people. You know what I mean? So I love that. Mm. I love that yeah. crime fighting in a very dark killer way. And then you have what you said about Superman taking the oath not to kill, which really messes him up because something is running around. Uh, there's another Kryptonian. He doesn't know who that Kryptonian is because he thought he killed Zod. He thought that was over. So yes. so he's Superman is just confused off his ass. He doesn't know what the hell is going on. And meanwhile, Lex Luthor is hitting him out. But Zod continues to get more violent, more unpredictable, more, you know, unsustainable. And then there's a meeting with, you know, 
uh, Superman and he finds out that it's actually the resurrected, reanimated corpse of Bizarro. And he's like, this is my chance. I can redo this. I can save him. I don't have to kill him this time. This time will be different. And Batman's like, this motherfucker is back again. I cannot believe this. We got to kill this bitch. I got some kryptonite bullets. I'll kill him. And if Superman gets in my way, I'll kill his ass too. And that breeds this huge battle at the end. Okay, but the problem is, is none of that actually brings into conflict, like, before that, Batman and Superman. Yeah, this sounds like Superman, Man of Steel Part 2. <laughs> exactly. That's that, that works for that. Well, the reason why I was saying what I was saying, though, and have it be a clone of Superman, because then you wouldn't have to have it be ambiguous, and you wouldn't have to have the frame job that essentially Batman versus Superman had. Because essentially with Zod running around killing people, you're still getting that stupid frame job story. But it wasn't with that. stupid with the, being a frame job. It was stupid because people were getting shot. They're like, Superman has shot people. And you're like, no, well, yes. he wouldn't. But, That's not how we would kill people. Okay. I know. I get that. <laughs> okay. But what I was saying, what I was saying is though, is that if you have it be a clone of Superman, you don't have to have it look like a frame job because people can look at him and see oh, yeah. Superman. And, yeah. And it can be directly on camera seeing that and what that does is that allows you to bring batman into the fold oh, yeah, 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 wanting yeah. to kill him I, I, to stop him because what well, because what you see is you directly see it being like superman's losing control or superman's not the person we thought he was and they see it you know that you can have the whole world starting to turn on superman with that everybody is turning on superman with that and so whenever batman comes he fights superman not knowing that there's two of them. Yes. So he's actually fighting the original Superman. They're fighting. They're fighting. He's about to fucking kill him. He's got that kryptonite spear, and he's about to st like stab him with it. And then that's when Bizarro. So no, I like that up. idea. That wasn't. That wasn't. And then bam. Then they joined that together. Wasn't a, that's almost I, what that I wasn't, had. That wasn't a rebuttal to yours. I was just saying I'm pro Zod resurrection. That's it. I like that idea. I really do. I love your idea. But I love Zaz's resurrection in the Bizarro. I think that's a cool way to differentiate. But but the thing is, that's not uh, Bizarro. I, I know. That's just, not but, Bizarro. But just hear me out. But it that's doesn't need problem. to be. It doesn't need to be a. It it doesn't need to be a ground um panel to panel recreation. It's a way to differentiate the DCEU from the comic books much like marvel does marvel manipulates the characters and does stuff yeah, but that's, that's not that's, that's changing the character unnecessarily that's just making him a different character that's just making him essentially zod 2.0 like that's the thing is we've already seen that you're not but, adding but it's anything not, new with it, that it's it, because it's it's more and like you said, that's that's super. That's made of steel too. That's not Batman versus yeah, Superman. But no matter what, I still like the resurrection of Zod. You can say all those things, but I still think that was a cool idea, and I would have loved to see him resurrected as Zod, uh, as as Bizarro, uh, in, in that. And it would be great because that's a it's a shattered version of Zod. I mean, I think it, it makes a ton of sense to have him be reduced to just this copycat. Mimicry, mimicry of Superman, someone who he thought he was so superior to. I think that's just a really interesting amalgamation of that character, and I thought that it would be cool. I think it's something you can pull off. Yeah, but, no, and I get that, but I mean, ultimately, though, that's still what we got. Like in the film, Doomsday is just a resurrected Zod. 
I mean, I get to it. You're adding more layers to it, but that's still ultimately what we got because that's what Doomsday yeah, but, is. But he doesn't they, have any links to Zod. They resurrected him, and it became. He, he doesn't Doomsday. have any. Yep, no, he does. He is Zod like he is resurrected Zod? Whenever he resurrected him in that yeah, thing, I understand that's what that. it became. I, I, but I'm saying when, when you say comic book origin, so, I'm just saying you're still getting. But when you say comic book origins, I just think that link is too far away, man. I just really do. When you take, think about Doomsday story where he came from, at least there is some type of link in the comics, even if it's just some what if storyline of um, Bizarro being leaked to Zod directly in some way. And I think that's a really cool way to do it. Well, I mean, yeah, but I mean, there's a, there's still always that link of Doomsday and the Kryptonians. He is Kryptonian to a degree. I mean, and then if you even look at, uh, what is it? Smallville. Doomsday in Smallville was technically Zod's son. Yeah, but that was trash. Um, show. <laughs> but, okay, but real quick. <laughs> Actually, I don't really necessarily dislike both of your ideas, but I think we can all agree that Regardless of how we get there, Bizarro's a good idea, right? Hell yes. And just like Sterling was saying, is kind of what I had. He could be doing all of this, causing all this destruction. Batman sees this. So now Batman's primary focus is Superman. Now, about Batman a little bit in this movie. I hated the way he was written. I think that Batman needed to be more detective-like. Like, I wanted to see more of his detective skills come into play. So let's just say all this is happening. Superman's confused. He doesn't understand who is this person doing all of this. And he's trying to figure out what's going on with this guy killing people. And they're saying, it's me. This is awful. This is horrible. He confides in Lois. They could have an emotional moment instead of the tub moment that we got. They could have some real, they could have had a real emotional moment there because Superman is confused. Lois is trying to encourage him. All that good shit right there. There's some drama and dialogue for you. So then, meanwhile, Batman starts conducting this Superman investigation. Now he's all in on trying to get to the bottom of Superman. So as Bruce, so instead of what we got, which was him kind of targeting Lex Luthor, and he was looking uh, and he was looking for something with Lex, and he runs into Wonder Woman, and he's trying to encrypt those files from Lex Luthor to get some more information about what Lex knows about Superman and stuff. That's kind of the way that the story goes in the original story. But I think he should have been, he should have conducted an investigation on Superman. He should have, I think that through his detective work, he could have saw that, okay, it seems like the people that are closest to this person are Lois Lane and it seems like she's the one always writing stories about this guy. She's the one always kind of connected to this guy. This Lois and this Clark Kent, they seem to have some sort of rapport with Superman. So how cool would it have been if, as Bruce Wayne, he goes to Metropolis, he visits the Daily Planet, and he's just asking questions. You know, he's... And, you know, and Bruce Wayne is a good liar. He could say, oh, I'm here on a business venture or I'm thinking about buying this. Uh, I'm thinking about buying the Daily Planet or something like that. And so he's trying to dig out and get information on Superman. So I think that could have been a cool conversation where Bruce Wayne could have met Lois Lane. 
and they could have had this conversation. And I think that would have been awesome. And like he would have been asking these questions, trying to find out about Superman. Uh, um, and, and by the end of the conversation, Batman is a detective. He will know that there's something she's not telling him. You know what I mean? Like you could have had a nice dialogue there, I think. And Batman could have left it alone for a second, but he could have been like communicated with Alfred. She's definitely hiding something. I just don't know what. But she's not telling me everything she knows about Superman. I, I just think he could have started his investigation there. Then maybe when he finds out that Lex um, procured that Kryptonian technology and stuff like that, that's what leads him to try to infiltrate Lex Luthor. So rather than all that Russian stuff and stuff in the Middle East and all of that stuff that was going on, what if you nix all of that and Batman is kind of doing this investigation as Bruce Wayne? What do y'all think about that part of it? I mean, I like all that, but what I think you're missing from this is I think you should have Batman be investigating like something like a realty scandal or like a, a something with land and, and, and buildings or something like that. Because I was really thinking about this and we've had three new Superman movies with Henry Cavill as Superman in the, in the DC extended universe. And I I'm including some man of steel, Batman versus Superman and justice league. He's been in all those movies, but I've yet to see one realty scandal. And that's kind of the trademark of Superman movies is Lex mm. Luthor trying to get land and Superman fucking it up. So I'm thinking have Lex Luthor trying to be buying some land, but he's paying with it with stolen Kryptonian currency from the spaceship. Like he finds like a, mm. a wallet or a, a chest or something. And so he's buying all the land with Kryptonian currency, framing Superman for it. And that's how Batman gets in on it and starts hating Superman. It's because he's like, Hey, What's this Superman guy doing buying all this land in Metropolis? He's up to no good. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I could see that. Okay. I could see that. I mean, I'm just saying, well, it's it's just the utter ridiculousness of the fact that um, Lex Luthor's always obsessed with buying land and Superman's always fucking it up. Um, but no, it's one of those things with this. Uh, I think you could also use that to, like, say if you weren't going to fix some of the other things uh, from the movie and say you were going to go with, like, the more normal script or something like that um, for it, that would actually still fix a lot of the problems with it. Because, what's her name? Jenna Malone or something like that? Uh, her character's only in the director's cut. And she's the one that's, like, finding out all this intel. Wait, who is this? In it, Jenna Malone, I think. Oh. It's, she's in the movie Saved, and she's... Oh, and yeah, shit. yeah. I just don't remember her name. Yeah. She's in the director's cut of this movie and her character works at the Daily Planet and she's like, oh, these bullets were used to create high heat burns whenever they hit somebody and all this other shit. And that was one of the ways they were framing Superman with it. But you could have like, and I understand why they cut her from the, the cut because she makes no sense really in either one. It's like all her lines could have been delivered by Lois Lane and they could just save some money on the budget from not having to hire another actor to say that shit. Um, but you could also then simplify it more and have, you know, like Batman, like doing some of these things too. You know what I mean? Like Batman would, you know, track down like this, uh, what's it called? Like the shell casings or something like that. If you're going with the original story or in this, you can have, you know, 
you can have him like say we're going with the bizarro version of it and all this other stuff that we've been talking about you could have him like almost wondering if it's two different kryptonians doing it but not like or if there's something to that degree because he could say he notices like when superman's used his heat blast before in the past it left like this type of burn pattern because it was burning it like you know heat y like you know like however many degrees but then like now with superman's burning it's like burning at a different like temperature signature or something like that like showing that it's more heat or something like that that's slightly differential but at the same time he's not understanding exactly what that's meaning you know he could originally interpret it as you know superman's becoming more unhinged and therefore he's losing like so much control that he's actually just shooting hotter lasers out of his eyes or something you could just kind of tie it in that way you know or just something like that i mean you can have him track down you know go all the way back and you know find ma kent and just be like yeah i heard you know like 20 years ago there was this kid doing some crazy shit here you know your son like supposedly you know pulled the bus out i heard and all this other shit she'd be like i don't know what you're talking about and all this other stuff and then you can have that nice little throwaway line of you know when he's leaving just say you know my mother was named martha too and just leave and, yeah, and that would be also a, some, a good Martin moment name. of levity because when Batman and Superman finally meet for the first time, Batman could be like, hello, Clark. And then Superman, they could just do like a Superman vision and then him just look through Batman's mask. And he's like, how you doing, Bruce? Or or whatever, you know, just uh, he has to do all this work to figure out who Superman is. And then Superman's just like X-ray vision, uh, Bruce Wayne. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. And you could still have that scene where they meet each other at a party, you know, and all this other stuff. But I just think it, that's more fitting, though, that like, you know, whenever they like roll up and they're actually about to fight each other. Like I said, you know, like, let's say it's the bizarre frame job and he's all this other stuff. And like, you know, Superman's just like trying to find this other, you know, Superman flying around. He can't find him, but he comes across Batman and he's like, and he knows who Batman is, you know, because, you know, Batman's been doing it for a while. You know, he knows he's, you know, takes things a little bit more extreme than he does and all this other stuff. And he's like, and he like, he maybe start to say something, you know, like just trying to like, say he's like, he knows why Batman's there. He's like, Batman thinks this is me and he's going to try to stop me. And he could just say something like it's not. And then he could just go, I don't want to hear it, Clark and just stop him with that. And then, you know, then you could do, like you said, Devin, like he likes Jim's he's like, Oh, so, you know, Bruce Wayne's going to tell me what to do now. You know, I think that would be more tension. So I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I I do like the whole I do I do like that that's a very Batman thing to do like he rolls up against Superman for them to fight for the first time and he's like hello Clark you know or just says his name you know like he's done it he's already figured you out and it kind of also sets it sets it up for you know Clark Kent's now sitting there going well fuck he already knows who I am what else does he know about me like what else is this going to mean now type of situation and they can start fighting that way you know where. Batman's trying to take him down and all this other stuff and Clark's kind of and like you, it would also explain a little more like Clark's trying to hold back you know even though he knows Batman wants to stop him at all costs he's holding back because he's trying to convince him he's not the one doing it type of situation well what if you kind of had okay so so that so that is okay so let's just say this because I kind of like what you were saying but maybe there's a way to kind of tie it all into kind of what Snyder had in the original movie. So I love all that stuff about Batman conducting the investigation. He does get to talk to Martha. I would say he does get to talk to Lois. And I would say, yeah, that would be great. 
he eventually winds up in front of Martha and he talks to them both. And I like that him walking away saying, you know, my mother's name was Martha or something like that. I think all of that is good stuff. So Batman kind of has this plan and maybe he hasn't focused on Lex yet. So he's just still, he is just all in on Superman. So while he's in Metropolis, he was like, I know the perfect way to lure him out. And let's just say Batman starts admonishing his own way of justice in Metropolis. So he's going around, he's finding crime and he's beating guys up leaving them bloodied and senseless and stuff like that. And these are all kinds of messages for Superman. So eventually, you know, during one of these, during Batman stopping one of these crime sprees, Superman drops in. And that's where you kind of get that whole confrontation with them. And I, I love that, what you said. Like, as Superman is walking away, he says, um, you know, that he could he, first Superman drops in, then Superman says, I know what you're trying to do. You know, I know what you're trying to do. And I don't know why you're in my city now, but you need to, you know, he doesn't tell Superman what's up. He just says, man, you need to get out of here. I've got other things on my mind. And then that's what Batman can say, like killing people like you've been doing. And then he was, and then, you know, Superman could be like, man, you don't, you don't know what you're talking about. And then like, and then, you know, he says, look, um, you need to go back to your city, stay out of mine type of thing. This is my territory. Stay out of here. And then maybe as he's about to fly away, that's when Bruce Wayne goes, sure, Clark Kent, you know, I think that would have been cool. And then, so then Superman turns around at him and I love what Devin said. He does the x-ray vision and he goes, oh, okay, Bruce Wayne, billionaire philanthropist, um, you know, whatever. Um, I'll be sure to, you know, you be, you be sure to stay out of my city. You know, he could have said something kind of cool or they could have come up with some cool line there. But now they both know who each other are. So later on, when Batman then starts to, so Batman, of course, is not going to give up, but he doesn't know how to defeat Superman. So there's still work to be done. He knows who Superman is. He understands, but Superman also knows who he is. So now he's like, man, I don't know what I'm going to do. I've got to find a weakness. How am I going to beat this guy? And that's what turns his focus to Lex. He finds out that Lex, Lex Corp procured that alien ship. So this is what leads him to find interest in Lex. Meanwhile, Lex is just causing destruction and shit like that. That's what leads to that scene where Lex invites everybody there. And instead of having Lex there going, Bruce Wayne and, and Clark Kent, oh, they meet for the first time. How cool would it have been if he wasn't there and they both walk into that place and they're both there looking at each other? And there's kind of this awkward moment of them talking to each other, but they both know who each other is. And it's like, yeah, I, I thought I told you to stay out of my city. And then Batman is like, well, you know, uh, Bruce Wayne gets invited to things all the time. And, you know, they could have had some nice, awkward back and forth banter right there because they know who each other are. You know what I mean? Yeah. And for me, 
My main issue in general with this movie is a lot of what you talked about with Lex's character anyway, because I do not like the way that he was represented in the movie. And I just feel like a lot of, I I feel like he was just saying unnecessary things a lot of the time. Like he was too much of a wild card for me. Um, And yeah, just him saying something like that, I just think takes away from the intensity of what the moment could have been. And I just feel like it it takes away from, it, it just, it was more cheesy than it was anything else in that moment when it could have been a really good like face-off moment of, oh man, you know? And so I would agree with that. I think that that's definitely, that would have been a way better way to do that for sure. Yeah. And that's such a good point about him. And like, yeah, he just, I just don't think he needed to know everything. He didn't need to know everybody. A lot of this stuff could have just happened because Superman, because of Superman and Batman's motivation. And I think that that just would have made him more personal. And the I think an audience would have connected to that more because then now we're seeing how this is developing between them. We're seeing what's going on. And speaking of that party, this is where Wonder Woman comes in and what I thought was another missed opportunity. So in the version that we got, Bruce Wayne is at that party, but he's obviously infiltrating Lex, trying to find out information about what he knows about Kryptonians and metahumans and stuff like that. Well, um, he winds up going into this room and he puts on that technology to try to encrypt Lex's files and stuff like that. And Diana, Wonder Woman, steals it uh, from him. And they kind of have this little moment and she kind of and she kind of leaves. Or whatever. And then later on, of course, she's like, well, I didn't steal it from you. I only borrowed it because Lex had actually taken that picture of her, which we watched the Wonder Woman movie and we find out that's important. I don't even think you have to nix the interaction or why Wonder Woman was there or anything like that. But I think that was a mixed missed opportunity. What if the party passes or whatever? Bruce is there to kind of get the layout of the land because later on, he's going to sneak in as Batman and try to get the information that he's going to get. So he's there to scope out the party. He scopes out the party. Superman is still kind of looking for answers, but doesn't know. Superman is leaves. He's not over here anymore. Uh, Bruce comes back as Batman or whatever. And now he's sneaking into this place, trying to figure out what he can about Lex. And how cool would it have been if he got those files and then all of a sudden that golden whip just lassos those files out of his hand. And he's like, (laughs) who the hell are you? And it's just fucking Wonder Woman. And they kind of have a little bit of a scrap. You know what I mean? Like, you know, she's he's like, who are you? And then she's like. I'm going to be needing this. He stole something. Um, none of your business. I need those files, not you. Something like that. And Batman is like, who are you? He throws a batarang. She knocks it away. They kind of have a cool little scrap or something on top of a building or something. But the end result is uh, Batman, you know, she gets away from Batman. And Batman is kind of like, damn, you know what I mean? But I think that would have been a much cooler reaction than them at a party and walking around and, oh, I know women like you that do this. And then her going, oh, you've never met a woman like me or something like that. But how cool would it have been 
if they got to actually kind of have a little scrap, man. You introduce Wonder Woman that way instead of what we got. I think there was an opportunity there for something. Yeah, it was a lot better than who is she? I thought she was with you. Well, she's with you because you guys have been talking the whole film. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. See, I knew this was going to I knew this was going to go like this. But like, but what do you think of that? Because like, essentially, they have this run in. Yeah, like, right, because they have this run in and she took those encrypted files from Bruce Wayne. Why couldn't they have, why couldn't we have just had a little fight scene And I think there? it would have been really cool because she would totally whoop Batman's ass. So, like, she gets the better of him and that would kind of spur him to create that suit. Like, God damn, there's another one? Like, are you kidding me? There's another one. And then he yes. somehow gets a good, you know, good and shit. And then he somehow gets um, a little bit of those encrypted files that he maybe he saw them as they were encrypting, and then he, you know, maybe his his bat camera recorded it, and he goes back and replays it, and he sees Aquaman, and he sees the Flash, and he's like, "God damn, how many how many of these metahumans are on this planet?" And he's like, "I got to do something. Like this is way bigger. I gotta. This yeah. is. I'm gonna have to fight all these crazy, super powerful beings like." Yeah, I, I think that's great. Yes. Yeah, like this it's not Superman; yeah. it's for all of them. You know, yeah, yeah, cool. And so, and pretty much the last things, just the last things that I had, because golly, I do feel like I'm like talking a lot, but I guess this is kind of the format of this is my fix. But yeah, that's the point uh, of it. Yeah, so maybe it's not too bad. Maybe it's not as bad as I think. But okay, so. I'm glad that y'all liked that because I thought that was a missed opportunity. That would have been a great way to introduce Wonder Woman. And I love that, Devin. I didn't have any of that, but I love what you said. That would have been great because, yes, she could have got the better of Batman and got away. And she could have said, I'm not the bad guy here. You know, it could have been left. And of course, Batman is awestruck by her beauty and stuff. And he's kind of like, not quite, you know, and there could have been a part where he flipped around her and grabbed her and said, I don't want to hurt you. And then she's like, oh, you won't. And then she throws him off. You know, you could have had some good stuff in there. But I like what (laughs) you said. Long story short, she gets away and he wasn't able to beat her with just his regular bat suit. So that and then when he does eventually get the files, because she does give them back to him and he sees all of these other people with superpowers that's what leads him to okay i've got to do something about this like i not i'm not equipped to deal with all of these people with all of the and there's no telling what the next threat is going to be i've already got to deal with superman but obviously after i deal with superman there's going to be all these other people and who knows if they're evil or what they are too so I've got to do something about this. And I love that. That'd be a great motivation for him making that suit. So I think definitely something like that uh, needed to be there. Another thing for Wonder Woman, rather than Lois Lane being the voice of reason that comes into play when Batman is about to kill Superman, why couldn't that be Wonder Woman? I, I was thinking in this movie, Wonder Woman kind of could have been kind of what Black Panther was in Civil War. She figures it out 
before they do. So while Batman and Superman are kind of are, are kind of focused, uh, you know, Batman's focused on targeting him. You know, they're not focused on what they need. And Superman's still trying to figure it out. But I like the idea of Wonder Woman figuring this out first. And like, I think that there could have been like a fight there too. There could have been a bizarro Wonder Woman fight, something where, you know, Wonder Woman gives it a good go, but maybe Bizarro leaves her for dead or he throws her into a collapsed building or something and the whole, all the rubble falls down on her or something. And so Bizarro's like, okay, she's done. He flies away. And then, you know, you see the fist burst out of the rubble or something like that. So, you know, he kind of subdued Wonder Woman, but he didn't beat her. So then whenever we get to this fight between Batman and Superman and they're going at it and it's like, oh man, Batman's going to kill him. I think Wonder Woman could have been the voice of reason and been like, look, man, it's not him. I fought the person who is doing this. I fought him and he doesn't even have, you know, his mind seems to be lost. He's like him, but it's not him. He's, he's, I couldn't speak to him. He couldn't even formulate sentences. Like she could have been the one to stop them from killing each other rather than somebody like Lois Lane or somebody like that. I think she could have been uh, that voice of reason. And it would have given her, I guess, a more pivotal role in this rather than kind of the third wheel-ish role that she had. Why do you think that they did it that way, though? Why do you think they didn't have her be that voice of reason? Uh, I mean, the, the the only thing I could think is just because they didn't want they they knew that they had her movie coming out. So all I could think is they didn't kind of they didn't want to oversaturate it with her. I'm assuming like maybe they just didn't want to give her too much because they were trying to make the main focus Batman and Superman. But I say, forget that, man. Give her the strongest introduction you can. Like Black Panther was all over that Civil War. It was a Captain America movie, but Black Panther was very much involved. He had stakes. His father had been killed. So he had every, you know, he was very much involved in what happened. And he sort of figured it out before the the other superheroes did. So, and it didn't hurt that film. So... Whatever reasons they had, I don't like them. I think Wonder Woman could have easily been that voice <laughs> of reason. And then we don't have to have the Martha stuff. We don't have to have any of that. She's strong enough to stop those two from fighting for a second and listen. She could totally do that. So why not her? Yeah, it's funny because like, <laughs> I feel like hearing all of these different ideas and everything that you guys have, it's like, there are so many other directions that they could have taken this that just even like an inch of it or even just a little bit of any of the things mentioned would have made it a better movie. So I'm just like, were they, I mean, was it just like a, like a financial decision? Did they just want to make it just to say that they made it? Or like, why did they not do this movie better? If I'm remembering correctly, they spent $250 million making this movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't tell you where most of it went. I know, I, I know it was at least 200, I think. I want to say it was at least 200. They spent a stupid amount of money uh, making this movie. I just feel like it's um, so, like, there's just so much more that they could have done with the story. And this is coming from somebody who, 
you know, I don't, I don't know. I'm not familiar with a lot of the characters in the comics and everything, but there's just so many different things I feel like they could have done with this, even story-wise, to make it just a little bit more interesting. And the characterizations of these characters, I feel like just they weren't, they weren't well-defined or they just weren't very, um, I guess, maybe just enthralling enough or captivating enough for the most part. Well, I mean, I think that's where a lot of people that didn't like this movie, that's what they're confused about. Like, the Superman didn't feel like Superman. Batman didn't feel like Batman. Wonder Woman, I guess you could say, felt like Wonder Woman. She's in it for only like right. 14 seconds as Wonder Woman. Yeah. Uh, Lex didn't feel like Lex, per se. Like, nobody felt like their characters. And yet, somehow, they're supposed to tell us, like, they're telling us, no, these are those characters. Like, it just it never felt right. You're seeing shit happen on screen, but... It didn't feel like you're seeing Batman, you're seeing Superman, you're seeing Wonder Woman, but it didn't feel like the, those three, you know, type of situation. Um, and that's why I was really surprised where, you know, so many DC fanboys loved this movie. I'm like, why? What about these versions of the characters are what you love about these characters? Yeah. You know, like, how is, how is this Superman anything like the, super, the Superman you know and love? It, it's not even a version of it, you know, like... I, you know, that's not really a recognizable version of Superman. It's not really an overtly recognizable version of Batman. None of the characters really felt anything remotely close to their their respective comic book counterparts. And that's why, like, it made no sense to me, you know, that it's, it's, it's like Heather said, it's like, well, why do this movie then? Like, if you're not going to make it those characters, then why make the movie? I mean, fuck, it didn't even feel like Batman versus yeah, but they didn't even make the amount of money they thought they were going to make. Like that's yeah, the but thing. that's because of it's Zack Snyder's shit no, direction. It could this should have been no. this movie should have been bigger than the first Avengers. No, like, I totally thing. agree. Is it it you can't blame Zack Snyder for this? This falls on oh, DC. Oh yes, shoulders. I can. No, this falls on DC shoulders. DC them too. Well, no, but that's not like I said. That's not Zack Snyder's fault. Zack Snyder did what he was going to do. Nobody from DC manned up first that's the problem yeah, well, i can understand it's that a, yeah zach snyder was just being zach snyder yeah because when marvel has problems with their directors the directors either change their shit or the directors are gone like that's the thing is like that's what you do like you go we have this cohesive vision you can help us realize it or you can fuck off and that's what you have to do with something like this you know you have to go look zach you know, and Zach's a big name director. He is. For all you know, you can say what you will. He is a big name director. He's not bigger than fucking Time Warner. Like he's not bigger than Warner Brothers. Like Warner Brothers can buy and sell Zack Snyder ninety billion times. Yep. Like why? Why? Why was? Why were they letting him dictate? Like they don't have any fucking writers there that could fucking help. Like there's no one at DC that understands what a comic book movie would need. <laughs> you know, there's not. There's not a writer in that building somewhere not one not just one writer that's written a comic book they couldn't look at some shit no i i totally agree with that i i totally agree and just to kind of wrap up i guess the final part of this so i'm sure by now y'all can see where this is going i mean where i was going with this uh, essentially wonder woman is the voice of reason stop superman and batman from fighting they all team up they beat bizarro lex goes to jail and then they talk about forming a Justice League. So you don't kill, you don't have to kill Superman in this movie. Why not just have a happy ending with the Trinity victorious and them going, man, we need to go find these other people. 
you know, we could do a lot together. We make a good team. Maybe we can reach out to some of these other people. And why not the movie just kind of end like, oh, man, let's let's try to get these other guys. Let's start this Justice League thing. Why not just end it like that? And if you want to do Death of Superman, that could have been the Justice League movie. Doomsday comes, they team up, even though I don't like it being the first Justice League movie. But honestly, I would love for that to be a few movies down the road. But if you have to do Doomsday so quickly, save him for a Justice League movie where it takes everybody and everybody's just defeated and it's him and Superman and they kill each other. If you're going to do that, wait, don't pack all of this into one film. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, on top of that. Yeah, this was overcrammed. Well, well, on top of that, though, um, I mean, I can honestly say, though, that as much as I gave Infinity War shit for having cheap deaths that ultimately won't mean anything, and I still do believe that, this is worse <laughs> with how they handled it. Yeah. Because you can kill a Bucky Barnes. You can kill a Loki. You can kill a Falcon. You can kill a Scarlet Witch. You can kill a Vision. Um, you can kill... Uh, Star-Lord, Drax, you can kill any of these characters and they could never come back. Ultimately, the Marvel MCU would still roll on very easily. You can't kill Superman two movies in to your extended universe as far as movies go and act like he's not going to come back right away when everybody knows your next movie is Justice League. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, any of those Marvel characters outside of Spider-Man, because we know Spider-Man's coming back because we already know there's a sequel out July 4th. We know that's happening. We knew that was happening technically before Infinity War even happened. That was a known fact. Batman versus Superman was being made with the expressed and full knowledge that the next movie after it was Justice League. And they legitimately thought it was a good idea to kill <laughs> Superman for half a movie. Yeah. For what? It's stupid. Like it, it wasn't like you know it would. I like see. I disagree with you. I think the first Justice League movie is the best time to kill Superman because you kill Superman fighting Doomsday, and then everybody's solo movies after that. Part of one of the themes can be like they're stepping up because he's gone because the world just lost Superman. Ah, okay. And, I didn't and, think and about that possibility. Be, that's good. I'm but sorry, then there Ed. would be that. Then, no, that's fine. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. But I'm I was saying then there would be that that sense of um more like you miss him more, you know, like if he's gone in the first one and he's gone for like a few movies and then he comes back, then then you're like, oh, my gosh, he's back. And there's a bigger impact with that. So I think that that probably would have been a better idea, too. And then and there's a there's a there's a hammer fall in that, too. When he finally comes back and you're like, yay, Superman is back. Then it's like right after that. Dark side is coming, mm -hmm. and it's like fuck. <laughs> oh God! Well, you, you, could essentially, <laughs> you could essentially have Justice League Two be Justice the Justice League movie we got. Like the team, you know, comes back together and they resurrect Superman because Dark Side's coming, and they're like we have to do something, we have to do it, we have to do it, and they resurrect him, and then they fight, and it's much more impactful because they're all friends already. Yeah, they were already friends with Superman, and now they have to fight him. Like in this movie, it was a bunch of people that loosely knew each other fighting Superman. <laughs> like that's not impactful. This would make it more impactful right. when he fights back. Um, but you would also have it. It would mimic the death of Superman a little bit more for the sheer fact that like in the death of Superman, like that's why like steel, you know, comes and starts uh, 
fighting crime and, and, and Superboy and technically even the robot Superman or Cyborg Superman and then the what Eradicator, whatever the fuck his name was. Like, you don't have to have those versions of it, but theoretically, those four superheroes stepped forward to try to fill the gap that was left by Superman dying. And you could have that be kind of the theme of these solo movies, like a solo Flash movie. Like, he's inspired to come out of the shadows after Justice League. Like, he already joined the Justice League, but that's why he's staying out and he's, like, fighting crime, is he wants to make a difference. He wants to, you know, carry on Superman's legacy. That's why he keeps going. Same with Cyborg. You can even argue that's why, like, Wonder Woman comes out of the shadows, you know, because she's been kind of in the shadows for so long, and that's why she steps forward, is, you know, she was inspired by Superman's sacrifice, which is kind of what they do, but it's much more impactful if they fought with him before they did it. Yes. Like, that's kind of the beginning themes of the first Justice League. Yeah. But it's not impactful. If they're friends and they fought with him and they were in, you know, he died saving their lives. Like the way Avengers kind of does it's, it, I think. Yeah, with Agent Coulson. Yeah. I mean, he Superman could be the Agent Coulson for like for like the second half of DC movies, <laughs> you know. That would have been I great. I mean, they're finally getting things, you know, they're finally getting things on track, but it would make so much more sense. No. Yeah. You know, and then you could have you could have Suicide Squad instead of Suicide Squad being like, uh, you know, like, oh, we need to take down Superman. It kind of could be, but it also could be like, you know, we're here to, you know, we need to be able to be a fail safe against metahumans in general. You know, like there was that clone of Superman. Everybody can know this too. Like after Batman versus Superman, there was like, oh, there was a clone of Superman and all this other shit. They could be like, well, what if something else like that happens again? We can't always count on Superman to save the day. And then that's why they make the Suicide Squad. It actually even gives a more legit reason to, you know, create the Suicide Squad Heck yeah. instead of, you know, Instead of the whole reasoning of we need something to fight Superman, so we're going to get a bunch of people together that couldn't beat Superman even if they wanted to, and then form the team to beat Superman after we already know he's dead anyway. Right. <laughs> like, that's what they did in Suicide Squad. They formed a team of people that couldn't beat Superman to beat Superman after he was dead. And I don't even think that team of people could have beat Superman after he was dead. <laughs> I don't think they could have even beat up his corpse. <laughs> Not even the skeleton. <laughs> they couldn't even beat up, nope. beat up super skeleton. No, you, you make it such a valid point. And I mean, that, I mean, everything just works better if it's Bizarro and you don't kill him. I mean, everything just works better. And just really quickly back to BVS, at the end of that, instead of the whole Batman thing where it's like, oh man, Superman died and he inspired us. Imagine they, him and Superman could have finally had that conversation as Clark and Bruce. They could have had that, or maybe as Soups and Bat, they could have finally had that conversation to put this feud between them to rest. There could have finally been that conversation where they level with each other and they realize, okay, man, I respect you and you, res okay, there's a mutual respect. I don't still don't like you, but. I respect you that they could have had that final moment of, okay, we understand each other. We're not the best of friends or anything, but we get each other. We understand that both of us are necessary for this. And maybe he could have leveled with Bruce and maybe he kind of turns Bruce out of that funk. And this prospect of a new group kind of gets Bruce out of that funk. So it sets up nicely. And then in the second, in the, in the first, and then in the first Justice League movie, you could have devoted more time to some of these other new characters that you're introducing, like the Flash and all of them. You could have given them 
a little more time because we already met Wonder Woman, Batman, and Superman. We kind of know what their relationship is. So you could have spent a little more time with the other ones, kind of getting them in there. And I think, you you know, they would have been stronger characters because you would have done it the right way beforehand. And by that time, Wonder Woman would have still had their, her movie. This wouldn't have affected that at all. This would have just been a great showing for her. Then she would have had her movie. Now we're in Justice League and we can focus a little bit more on these new characters. And then that way and their relationship to Superman because his ass wouldn't be dead. So it could be about how he inspired them and how he could have been the main piece that kind of inspired Cyborg and Flash and some of them to really join. And that way, when he dies at the end of the Justice League movie, you you essentially have exactly what you're talking about, Sterling. Yeah. Well, and another thing I just thought of, too, you actually could still do all this with Doomsday in the first Batman versus Superman. Just don't have Superman die. Have them fight Doomsday. Have them beat Doomsday. Have them think they killed Doomsday. Because the beautiful thing is about Doomsday is he can and does and will come, come back, back to, to life. life. That's true. That's what he does. That's the whole point of him. And so that would actually kind of set up if it was, a, say, a Doomsday. They could actually think they killed him and all this other stuff. He shows back up in Justice League. And you could just have it be Wonder Woman, Batman, and Superman and be like, <laughs> whatever. We got this. It was a little hard last time, but we know what to do. We got it. And they, you know, they try to fight him, try to fight him, and they lose. <laughs> right. Nobody dies, but they lose. And then that, then they have to go and find these people and they have to like form the Justice League behind that to then beat Doomsday. And then Superman can sacrifice himself. Yeah. You, know? you can still yeah. do a version you of that with still. Doomsday yeah. and just have it be accurate to Doomsday because that's what Doomsday does. If you kill him, he comes back to life and then he will no longer die the way you killed him. So I'm still waiting for Doomsday to show back up in the DC movies and just not be killable by a kryptonite sphere. Maybe he will. You know, and that's just, and that's just, I mean, but that's, that's, that's the whole point of the character. And that's why he's able to beat Superman, you know, and all this other stuff. And why he's so able to beat everybody is, you know, he's always adaptable and he's already been through so many harsh things that he's already an almost nigh unstoppable force when they first even encounter him. Because of just the things he's been through throughout his numerous lifetimes already. You know, I just think that would yeah. be another way of doing it. If you didn't want to do it that way, just say fuck it and just don't kill Superman and do the rest of this. You know, it's just right. one of those things. It's very easy to still do. So, yeah, it's I mean, I think I think our way of fixing it would work better. I'm just saying worse comes to worse. Still don't do that. Yeah, there were still the other options. Lesson. Yeah. The ultimate lesson is still just don't kill Superman in this movie. Yeah, There's don't kill him. zero, zero reason. You can do the rest of the movie the same. Just do whatever you do, don't kill Superman. And I think that would just still make it at least a little better. You know, if they made the exact same movie and just don't kill Supes at the end, it's probably 15 to 20% better than it was. <laughs> yeah. It is probably not. so, yeah. Probably so, yep. I agree. And, and then on top of that, it probably makes Justice League 15 to 20% better than it was. Yeah, immediately. Yeah. And it would probably make Suicide Squad like 5% better because it was still really stupid, but at least a little <laughs> better. So so overall, Justin, is that is that your game plan to fix Batman versus Superman? Yes? No? Maybe? Kind of? Sort of? Oh, sorry. I was all talking and it's still on. I, <laughs> I hit it, but I didn't hit it right. So it didn't unmute. 
So I said all that crap and none of the first time you said that. Um, I know. (laughs) I know it's it's sad. It really is sad. But no, but that's all I really had, guys. Um, Those were pretty much some things I thought that would um, definitely fix this movie. And that's really the bottom line of it, man. We don't need more origin stories. We need more personal reasons for these characters to fight each other. Both of these characters needed reasonings for why they were the way they were, rather than just assuming we know. The movie would have been better served to show that. Wonder Woman could have had a better showing, make Lex Luthor a little more methodical, and let's do Bizarro instead of Doomsday. Let's save him, and nobody dies at the end of this movie. Let's just have a happy ending and start the Justice League. So yeah, that's what I had. Well, that's one thing that ultimately whenever like we get to this and i guess now is a, as good as time as any one thing i would do to fix this movie that you didn't necessarily address you kind of did but not directly is i personally would fix this by just addressing dc's attitude mm. towards making their extended universe from the beginning because they stated going into batman versus superman they were doing this extended universe they were going to do all this stuff all this stuff all this stuff but they were going to do it different than Marvel. And that was their plan from the get-go, is we're going to be the anti-Marvel when it comes to making these, you know, universes. Our movies are going to be dark. Our movies are going to be, you know, edgy. Our movies are going to end on bad notes. Our movies are, aren't going to have after-credit scenes. Like, and that, that's literally things they said. I'm not making any of that up. That's literally things they said they weren't going to do in their movies. And then they came to realize they were the anti-Marvel. Because like nobody Marvel likes was it. doing these movies <laughs> and making a ton of money and they were doing it and not making the money they wanted. And on top of that, nobody liked them. Like, yes, they had some DC fanboys that did. But the in general movie going public didn't give two shits about these movies. You know, they weren't learning any of the right lessons from what Marvel did. They were just so focused on being the anti-Marvel they didn't even think about making a good movie to begin with and then changing stuff. Like they wanted to reinvent the formula before they even had it like a formula work. I mean, look at man of steel, man of steel was only just kind of lukewarm reception wise. Mm-hmm. They could have, they could have rebooted the universe with Batman versus Superman. Have it all start over with that, have a brand new Superman in it. And I, I feel like six out of, you know, Six out of nine people wouldn't have even known that there wasn't the same Superman as in the last one. You know, right? Like it wouldn't have changed for many people, but they hedged their bets. They went for it with that. And like I said, they just, they were so determined to do everything the wrong way that now they're having to go back and change their whole idea of how they're doing things just so they can get good movies out of things. Yeah. I mean, they've already scrapped the Cyborg movie. The Flash movie is still in limbo. Aquaman was a success. Wonder Woman was a success. Both of them made stupid amounts of money more than they should have, mm-hmm. but they were good movies. Yeah. I mean, Wonder Woman was a good movie. I mean, Aqu- Aquaman's pretty good. Um, and it, it made over a billion. It finally did what Marvel does. It did a billion. You know, this new Shazam movie, uh, for all intents and purposes, looks it looks okay. I hate Shazam. I think he's a stupid fucking character. I'm, I'm not looking for forward to watching this movie. I'm actually looking forward to it. <laughs> I'm not. I, I hate the character. I fucking 
hate that character so damn much. And I don't want to get into the intricacies of why I hate But he's him. a classic. He's a fucking 10-year-old in a Superman he's body. He's like a classic, a you know? He's, he's like a, a Cadillac, in a you know what I mean? Body. He's a classic. That's stupid. It's a classic. We're watching a super, We're going to watch a Superman version of the movie Big without the charisma of Tom Hanks. <laughs> That's what we're going to end up watching. But apparently it's good. So you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to watch it, and I hope I enjoy it. From Like I said, I, I at least hope I get what I got from Deadpool out of it. I don't like Deadpool as a character. You know, as a character in the comics, I give no shits about Deadpool. And I still at least found the movies enjoyable to a degree. You know, I saw why people liked them. I liked the elements of it. I liked the way they put it together. And I think like the more I didn't like the movie, like the story, the character, everything like that, I was like, well, I guess that means they're doing a good job of portraying Deadpool because I'm not liking it. So I give it that. <laughs> and so maybe that's going to be the same thing in this. What? The more I don't like Shazam, I think it might mean it's more accurate to the comics and just more accurate to the character, which is I, which is good for it because I'm not the target demographic for that movie. You know, they don't care if I like it. So the more I don't like it probably means they're doing a good job. So that's good. Um, you know, and it's not like, and I'm not saying that to say like, oh, I'm going to shit on this movie. I'm not. I haven't seen it yet. I don't know. But, you know, even w- with something like where I don't like the character and I go into this movie and all this other stuff, there's still things I can like out of it, though. You know, I can like the way they, you know, shot some of the scenes. I can like the way overall they told the story. It still can be a cohesive story. I might not like the specific specific story, but I can like the way they told it type of situation, you know. so. I might end up giving Shazam a high score just for the sheer fact of the elements I like outside of my, you know, already biased nature against the character, if that makes any sense. But I, like I said, I think DC's finally learning to separate, you know, just make your characters a version of the character and you'll be fine. Yeah. Which goes back to what I said earlier of the characters didn't feel like their characters. Mm-hmm. Um but does anybody else have something that, you know, overall they would change that Justin might not have addressed? I mean, I wouldn't say anything different than what Justin said. I will agree. I think that, like I was saying before, a lot of the the ways that you rewrote it or, you know, decided to make it better definitely would have made it better. I mean, even from that first thing that, you know, Devin was saying about the opening, uh, the opening and everything, I'd feel like that would have even been more captivating and draw you in more immediately you know, and set the tone maybe a little bit better. But um, again, I just say the main focus, I think, of what needed to change in this movie was the characterization. And um, you touched a lot on that. And I think that that would have been, that alone, I think, would have been more than enough to make it significantly better than it was. (laughs) But yeah, so that's, I, I don't have anything new. I just say I would maybe emphasize a little bit more um, instead of the specific story, I would have emphasized more just the characterizations needed to change more so than the story. But again, that's just coming from me not knowing the background of other comic book stories with it that it could have been, which all sounded really cool when I was listening to them. So yeah, I think your ideas and all the ideas thrown out were, I, I didn't hear one that I was like, no, that doesn't work. So <laughs> all of them would have made this movie better. Yeah, and I love how you said the characterizations. Um, that that's that that is probably the biggest problem with the film because at the end of the day, Superman. Well, Batman wants to fight Superman because he may or may not 
Oh, if there's a 1% chance that we have to take it with an absolute certainty, like the, you know, he's wanting to fight Superman because Superman may or may not be a threat one day. And then Superman basically wanted to fight Batman because Lex Luthor told them to, he said, if you, if you don't fight him and bring me the head of the bat, then I'm going to kill your mother. So that was that was the extent of their motivations in this film. And you just needed to do more than that. You needed to have some real motivations that we could connect with. And I just and I think that's where the movie really falters. Like and and, and a good movie to compare this to is Civil War. And that's sort of the model that I sort of used when I was coming up with a lot of these ideas because I looked at Civil War and it was really personal. Like Tony Stark, there was a reason why he wanted to agree with the Sokovia Accords because when that woman approached him and said, you killed my son while y'all were over there, he was guilty about that. He was going through a tough time because him and Pepper Potts had just broke up. There was real relatable things going on with him so we understood why he wanted to keep the Avengers in check. He was feeling responsible for those people dead. And then on the other side of that, Captain America saw how corrupt the government could be in, in Winter Soldier. So he didn't want to give all the power to the government. He didn't feel they were equipped to make the better decisions. He thought that the Avengers were the best people. This is the team. This is who I fight with. We're the best people to make those decisions, not the corrupt government. So you just saw both of them had a reasonable, personal, relatable arguments for why they have this conflict. And everything just kind of went from there. But Batman and Superman was severely lacking that. And I'm and I mean what you said is absolutely correct. The characters are the characterizations and the motivations for the characters was just sorely missing from this film. Yeah. Devin, anything from you? No, man, I, I think I got it all out. All right, Justin. It's time to grade you, okay? Do it. So, Devin, did Justin fix the movie? I am going to give you 96 screams of Martha, what little tiny Kal-El heard as he slept as a young boy out of 100. <laughs> you most certainly fixed this movie. All right, Heather, did Justin fix the movie? 100%, yes. <laughs> this is, I mean, I I just was not drawn to this movie. It It wasn't a movie for me that's very memorable. It's not anything that stands out, in my opinion. And I think any number of the things that Justin mentioned would have made it better. I'll give him a 95. Yeah, yeah. All right, Justin. I have seen Batman versus Superman. Both versions. Probably more times. I've probably watched each version probably more times than all of you combined. I know this movie. I know it inside and out because I torture myself. Because I kept trying to figure out what people were seeing in this movie. Because every time... I talked to people like people seemed to like this movie and I could never figure out why. And I just kept trying and kept trying and kept trying. So I watched it over and over again. So I want to say something and I, and I mean this whole wholeheartedly. I don't think you fixed it, but I think we fixed it as a collective. So we had some good <laughs> ideas overall. I would say though, that I think even implementing 50% of the ideas thrown out today would fix this movie to just a watchable standard. Like, 
it would at least put it at that medium level of what Marvel does. Just something. Just watchable. You might not love it, but you don't hate yourself for watching it like I've done over and over again by watching this movie over and over again. Like, I probably should have seen, like, like gone and, like, sought out, like, like a mental health professional oh because obviously I was in some dark times with how many times <laughs> I've watched this movie because nobody, nobody that loves themselves would ever see this movie more than twice. And that's just for once for the regular cut and once for the director's cut. That's the only reasonable amount anybody would watch this. Um, but I'm not, I'm not going to give you a grade like everybody else. No, I, I, I do think, I do think that you did fix it. Uh, I think just some of the ideas we all came up with did make it yeah. better, but I did like what you brought out, you know, in general. Um, yeah. Cause I mean, ultimately we're all on the same page. Don't make it doomsday, make it bizarro. Don't kill Superman. Yeah. Like those, those are, are the just big those two things. Yeah, those are the big ones. Yeah. Bizarro, bizarro and Superman. I think if, because I think if you make it bizarro, it automatically fixes some of the motivations. And I think if you don't kill Superman, it fixes some of the motivations. Like, I just feel like those go hand in hand with so many of the problems. Yes. And give Batman like, something. Go all in. If, if, if you're Zack Snyder and you're going to have him killing people, then don't stumble and bumble during interviews when people are like, well, why'd you have Batman do that? Uh, oh, well, he was killing because he had to but not really killing because he wanted to man screw that just go all in give him but give him a good reason for why he's doing that and then you have a better movie yeah just just simply say we wanted to tell a version of batman that was taken down a different path than the one you've seen because at no point was he killing because he had to that motherfucker was shooting people in cars yes, with machine guns, with machine guns. <laughs> they were they were running away from him and he was shooting them down. Like, come on. Like the people in the warehouse, sure, fine, whatever. They were attacking him and trying to kill him. You can call that self-defense. The other people were running away and he shot them down, just mowed them down. Like that was the least definition of self-defense I've seen in a movie without it being called murder. Because that's just what it is at that point. <laughs> It's murder. Wait, so Sterling, is Batman a war machine? Is that what you're saying? Is that where he comes from? He's a, he's a war machine? Well, if I'm remembering his origin story correctly, he was walking. He was, he was a mercenary in the desert. And when he tried to stop Raul Bushman from killing an archaeologist, Raul Bushman killed him and the archaeologist. And then while he was dead, and the Egyptian god of Koshnu, or Khonshu, how the fuck you say it, Kanchu, uh, came to him and resurrected him to be his avatar of vengeance. That sounds right. Is that not yep. the origins oh, of Oh, Sterling, I'm so sorry. I almost forgot myself. And I know that you didn't mean to do this. I know you forgot. And this is why his origin story is in well, every single movie. Well, I mean, but, but he's reason, a blood. Well, the reason orphan. why, but the reason why I said that though, well, the reason why I said that though is because I know the superhero with that origin kills people. <laughs> so obviously that's got to be the origin of Batman since he kills people, right? <laughs> no, he, uh, well, he, you forgot. We, we talked about it at the beginning and you said you were going to need a reminder. So here is your friendly reminder. He is a blood orphan. He saw both of his parents die. So, um, so oh. hopefully they'll cover that in the well, next movie. It, now, you know? well, now it doesn't make any sense. I don't know why he's killing people. His origin doesn't tie in with his actions anymore. I'm completely oh befuddled. <laughs> well, he frowned a lot and he was sad in the movie. 
You wouldn't kill people because yeah, you're sad? That doesn't ex- I mean, maybe I would, but I'm not a blood orphan. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, don't, I just, I, I don't know. I just don't feel like this is relatable anymore. All because Batman's origin story, it just throws you off, you know? It does. It truly does. I just, I really think they need to make a movie where, like, you see his origin, and then it shows him becoming Batman. I think Ooh, that'd be a good that movie. sounds original. I like that. We should we we should see that at least once, maybe twice. Do it for the yeah, sequel that's a good too. Call. Yeah, show it again during the sequel because not everybody sees the first one. Some people are like, "No, I'm just gonna come in on the second one." So you got to explain it to them, otherwise they'll well, be then, lost. And then in the third one, have him have dreams about it. <laughs> no, just show yes. it again because sometimes people are like, "You know what? I'll skip the first two and I'm going to watch <laughs> the third one." And those people would not know. So you got to do it again. Right, right, right. Well, no, the dreams are going to show it, though. But you just have to have the dreams happen like four or five times. I see. Oh, boy. Anyways. Yeah, anyways. <laughs> and then the third movie, or in the fourth movie, in the fourth movie, you just give them a credit card. It's fine. I really think that's that, that's what they should do with Batman. So anyway, on that note, Justin, do you want to end it or do you want me to? I am done. All I will say is I hope you guys enjoyed this. I watched, I endured the uncut version of this movie and took a lot of copious notes. And I hope that some of you guys agree, but let us know what would you have done to change it? Or is it perfect? Don't lie to us though. You know, it's not perfect. Just let us know (laughs) what you thought. I hope that this was entertaining. I hope this was fun. And I hope that our audience will look forward to more of these because this was really cool. Yes. Yes. Let us know. Do you think Justin fixed this movie or not? And be honest with yourselves, people. Because don't say Batman versus Superman did not need fixing, because it did. I don't care who you are, it needed fixing. Had lots of problems. The next time we do this, it will be my turn. We will be doing Manos, The Hands of Fate. And it is my job. I am tasked with fixing that shitstorm of a fucking movie. So, other than that, guys, thank you for listening. Let us know what you thought. Visit the website, www.cinemaslayers.com. Twitter is cinema underscore slayers. Apparently, our Instagram is also cinema underscore slayers because heather lied to me and i've been lying to you guys for so long and i'm sorry it's cinema underscore slayers for both instagram and twitter facebook is just cinema slayers also go to our website check it out if you want your merch get it there and other than that guys just remember the origin story i said at the end about raul bushman killing you and coming back to life is the academy award-winning best picture movie moon knight (laughs) 